Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year, and to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Osiris. Welcome to Wheels Off, a show about the messy reality of the creative life. I'm Rhett Miller. Ginny O is a songwriter, an incredible musician, a super thoughtful person. She studied music at SUNY New Paltz, the little college town just north of Manhattan, outside of which I and my family reside. But she and I didn't become friends until we were both in L.A. I think I had already technically moved out of L.A., but I go back all the time. And um, we refer in the interview you're about to hear to our mutual friend, Tom DeSavia, who has worked with the old 97s for years and is one of my, one of our closest friends. Uh, Ginny is somebody I admire incredibly. And I think that comes through probably maybe too much in the interview that's coming up. She made one of my favorite albums of all time back in 2017, an album called Peace and Information. But all of her records and EPs and singles, they're all great. She's She bats a thousand. And she has a take on life that that I really dig. It's, it's one of those things where it's like um, a few degrees removed from anything I expect. And I think you are really going to enjoy this conversation um, that I get to have with the great Ginny O. So please welcome her to Wheels Off right now, Ginny O. Welcome to Wheels Off, Ginny O. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Um, For the edification of our listeners, from where are you joining us? I'm joining you from Los Angeles, California. Thanks. I like how I pretend to know what edification means. I think it's a good thing. I don't, yeah, I don't know that word, actually. I think it's in, it's like education, but, but to edify something is to make an edifice, to make it important. Well, it's important to know you're in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And how long have you lived in Los Angeles? Uh, 15 years, Red. That's crazy. I know. Golly. I and know. I feel like you and I met shortly after you moved there. When did our mutual friend Tom DeSavia come into your life? 
Um, Tom Savvy came into my life about 2009, 2010. So it it wasn't quite 15 years ago that I met you. It was probably more like 12, 13 years ago or something like that. That might be when I I met. Well, full disclosure, I'm I'm a super fan of your work. And I'm always amazed by the songs you write and how you write them. And they don't make any sense to me. And most people's songs, I can kind of see how they got where they got. And with you, it is a total mystery. And... Yeah, it's it freaks me out some. But um I wonder what creative project are you working on now, Ginny, and how does it light you up? Well, um thanks uh for all that. And it's wild to me too, because to me sometimes I think some much of my stuff seems so simple and obvious that I'm like that's like cool to hear that. <laughs> that's not the percent your perception of it. Um well, right now I'm I'm really excited about this next record I'm writing. Um, so I have one that's done and coming out that I'm releasing and cr- I'm creating videos for and doing that. And that's really fun and exciting. But what I'm lit up about is next record that I'm writing, which is basically I'm like, okay, I'm available. Let's write it. Let's like write through this climate crisis. Let's fucking talk about it. What's the plan? What are we doing? Let's get going. You know, like that's my, that's I'm lit. I'm like lit up about regeneration and, um, you know, just phasing out fossil fuels really fast and educating everybody on what's the plan. Cause the plan is really exciting. The plan is let the earth fucking regenerate. Let's do it. You know, it's really a beautiful science project, the miracle of this planet that we're on. I, I feel like this is a defining trait about you that you f- have so much hope for this thing that you do, this thing that we do, that that it has inherent power and that it can do important things. That would you yeah. do you believe you agree with that? I I do I, I do I have hope for it. I you know I I I entertain. I was talking about this yesterday. We'll be talking about this all the time, but I. I hold all possibilities true. Like, of course I hold the, you know, I hold many, I hold many possible outcomes within my, uh, like, yes, it would make sense to me if um, complete and utter Armageddon, like, yeah, okay, well, that I, I hold possibility of that, but mostly I hold the possibility of like, why call that forth? Why is everyone just like accepting the end of the world? Like, why, why not like make an effort to not, to let it not be that, um, and call forth images of the future. I think there's just this like, just lack of imagination toward what it could be, what we can fight for, and this acceptance of doom. Um, but I do feel like the power of music is just underutilized in that way currently. Um, the power of it, I think there's just, there's tremendous um, power in the conversation that happens via pop culture and via, um, yeah, the words we put out there to the masses, right? And um, I think there's just a, a not in a, quite an alignment with like survival of life on earth and like what's being just like said on the radio. You know, I'm like, okay, come on guys, <laughs> let's let's utilize this tool. Yeah, I think it's a big tool. Propaganda is what I'm calling it. That's, it's funny. That's, um, that's a catchphrase propaganda used by a friend of mine. God, who I still haven't had on wheels off. Ron English is this kind of, uh, really well-known pop artist, but his propaganda is the name of his pop-up store, but you would actually like Ron English a lot. You guys have very similar sensibilities and, um, ambitious without even seeming with not in the creepy way, not ambitious for money, but ambitious to do bigger, bolder, cooler things. Um, 
I've written they, his name down and the word edification. Thank you. There we go. <laughs> up everybody after the show. Um, I love it. So the record that's in the can, which at the moment of this conversation, you haven't announced the title of yet, so we can't refer to it by name, but this record that'll be coming out in late summer, fall, early fall, that does that record have a theme like this, uh, like the record you're writing for right now is a theme? Does this next record that's about to come out, does it have a similar theme? Does it have its own theme? It has its own theme. Um, it's not as strict. I, I would say that the future record I'm talking about is more of a concept record um, with a theme. This one was sort of my latest, you know, collection of songs, but I was talking about something very specifically. Um, I kind of realized while I was writing it and then at the end of it, it's like, oh no, this is the overarching theme. There is, um, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of sentiments of um, about connectivity and um, how I interact with others um, has been kind of a lifelong obsession because I, I feel um, um, I just have, I have uh, maybe it's trouble interacting with other people and uh, I can be, uh, um, um, there's, there's a lot of, you know, ways to look at that. But um, I've just been obsessively examining it in my entire life. It's like how to, how to interact with other people and, and how my interactions go. And um, this record, I really was writing through that a lot because I was like, okay, I'm old enough to be like, what, you know, what's going on here? What is, why is this like this? This is, I thought I would prove by now this skill. <laughs> It's it's funny because you've devoted your life to music, which is a form of communication, right? And you studied, yeah. like you you did proper musical study at a college, like you yeah you know real music theory. Yeah, I know real music theory. Yeah, it's it's terrifying <laughs> to people like me. <laughs> How do you know that? It's do also you, so prim. It's also so instinctual and like guttural and um. There's a dog. I'm just making sure. Uh, it, it's so like. You know, it's the classic story of like music was so um, lit me up as a kid. And I was like, oh, this is mine. Like, right. This is, oh, this is my thing. Like, I knew this was my thing. Like and when I was like six or, you know, eight, I was like, oh, this is my thing. Do you um, remember a moment? Was there an epiphany? Yeah. Um, I actually <laughs> told the story the other day that I, there was a moment when I was like playing uh, at some point, my family got like a piano, but we, I had for the first phase of my life I learned um music on this little Yamaha synthesizer you know keyboard thing and I was like doing my lessons like doing what I was supposed to be doing which I could never quite get into the thing I'm supposed to be doing but I was like making up my own little songs like figuring out songs that I knew and I remember being like I don't know four or five years old and figuring out my country tis of thee <laughs> you know just like being like oh it's and then like even in the second part and being like, oh, and then playing the whole thing and just being like, and then just running through the house, just like the perimeter of the house, just so stoked that I was like, I just figured that out by myself. I have this power. Like I just felt so powerful to be able to just like do that. And that was like, I still have that memory. Yeah. That might be my earliest musical memory of like, oh shit, this is, Love something. That. This is something. Yeah. It's funny, before you can hold it in your hands, right? It seems like something that no one could ever 
contain, like it's a song, like it belongs to the universe or something. And now you just own it. You made it. You can do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, my country tis of thee. It's like, it's I, like uh, propaganda. <laughs> like, getting kids to like love their country or whatever. But like, yeah, it was that power. And then you try to, ed- you know, bring in the education. I did the formal music education. And it was this sort of like how to mash those together. And then the the following was like the undoing of that. Because it's like, you know, you can get so intellectual about it and lose the like the soul and the the punk and the, the, so the next, the last 20 years of my life has been undoing the school, but trying to keep it all together to answer your previous question. I know, I know. I sort of uh, cut myself off there, but I guess what I was thinking about was this idea that you feel like you have difficulty communicating with people and yet your job is doing this thing. That's essentially communication. I mean, yeah. when you write these songs, like I feel so much coming through from you in in your songs does it feel like you're communicating does it feel like you're subverting the system it does the thing about songwriting is you can take your time you just like really fuss with those lyrics and really get like each you know um what's the like i I forget the name of the you know like uh pronoun like actually now means this whole other (laughs) thing but like um like like what's the word Ad, adverb like you know every little like uh word you can article fuss yeah. yeah um you can you, yeah i just obsessively edit my lyrics and then i'm like here's what i'm going to say and it might have taken me eight months or two months to say those exact lyrics versus a conversation at a party or or this podcast and then afterwards i'm like oh. <laughs> went or like in this case too when the when the um the um the terms have been set like we made it we made a date it was like this time on this date we are speaking i would like to talk to you about this okay great so now i know the parameters of this situation um i can behave accordingly but when you're just like interacting with someone in a different scenario, I'm like, there's all these other, like, I'm not sure. Are you in a hurry? I'm in a hurry. We didn't mean to be here. You're not necessarily consenting to this conversation. I might need this. <laughs> there's a lot. I'm doing, my hair's doing the dark thing. <laughs> oh my God. I love you, Jenny. Oh, <laughs> you're my favorite. I don't know if this is, this is a Sonic podcast. I got this haircut. I'm not sure about it. I just keep yeah, it. For those of you listening on audio, Jenny, Jenny's worrying about her bangs to now in addition to social um contracts and garth bangs presently People being in a hurry when you're trying to have a conversation with them yeah you've got a you've got a brain that j- that doesn't have an off switch is my impression maybe kind of like that yeah That's neurodivergent co- as it were yeah there's a lot there's a lot to talk about here but is it is um different you know brain that's functioning uh perhaps differently than normal but that's what is Exactly. Except some horrible idea that keeps people down. Yeah. Um, so that's so sweet that that the vision of you as a as a little kid. And, and did you know that you would be able to make a job out of this? Was there ever any uh, backup plan? Was there ever any other um, calling that that you felt like might derail you from music? I love this question. Thank you for asking. Um I didn't think I could make a career in music or I, I thought you could be a music teacher. Um, I thought you could be like, you know, you could be like a gig, like a singer around New York city, like doing like 
you know, Friday night at the whatever club covers. I grew up doing covers, you know, it's like party bands, restaurant bands and stuff. I thought you could do that. And I thought I knew you could be a jingle singer. That was something I was like, oh, maybe I could be a jingle singer, which inadvertently I kind of ended up being one, but it's not in the same way that I thought that, you know, it was like, I would like practice the commercials as a kid, whatever. But um, I thought, I didn't know you could just be a songwriter. I had no map of that. Didn't see it until like my mid twenties and until I was kind of doing it. And then was like, Oh my, I could keep going at this and do that. I saw some people doing it that were real people. Um, so no, I had no um, roadmap and I always thought I would choose a plan, uh, another plan um, and nothing ever came to me. I keep thinking about it. There's things I would like to do. I'd like to write prose. Um, I like to have a writer. So I think some, someday I'd like to write a book or something, but um, I thought maybe that at some point, but you know, every job that I came up with was another creative difficult endeavor. So it was like, well, at this point I've invested in music by sidestep. Um, no, I, 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 nothing's come to me yet. Um, you you referenced inadvertently becoming a jingle singer. That's having a song licensed by somebody to use on a TV commercial. Yeah, exactly. That's right. a weird feeling, isn't it? No, uh, I have no problem with it. No, 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 no. I just like the the idea of um, <laughs> of this song that you make for like personal reasons suddenly becoming a thing that goes out and. I, I feel like I sound like I'm putting some sort of a judgment on it, and God knows I'm I'm not. I'm You're really not. A sell out, Rhett. Well, I wish I wish you and I could both sell out so hard. Yeah. There's there's yeah, this... wow. That was like we grew up with this. Oh, I don't know. Who yes, I did with, too. There was this sentiment in the '90s. I remember hearing like, "Oh, this person sold out. They were cool, and then they sold out. This sell out." And now it's like, if you can make money doing anything, like that's not like horrifically behind some terrible cause like <laughs> like whatever you gotta do babe whatever you gotta do you know it's just a vastly different uh what's the word sentiment out there yeah i boy i remember even in the 80s there was this uh there's a band that i'm still friends with these guys um the long writers were an LA sort of a proto like pre-alt country roots Americana type band the long writers did a you know, now that I say this, it might have been the Del Fuegos, either the Del Fuegos or the Longriders, an L.A. alt country, pre, you know, pregenitor did a commercial for a beer, Bud Light, maybe Coors Light, something. And um, they're in a bar, dusty bar, and they're playing Coors Light or whatever beer it was. Everybody the next day. Basically, we all met up and said, oh, those guys suck. Can you believe how horrible they are? And now, wow. and now I really, I've, I've literally apologized to members of the Del Fuegos and the Longriders, because I think they both did it, for having been an asshole to them about this, not to their face, but just with my friends, because it's hard. And even back then, yeah. there was money in music. You Like, really, Ginny, I feel like you arrived in L.A. the day that the money spigot <laughs> got turned off. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, good timing. Yeah, thank you. Because <laughs> you've already brought up this idea of feeling uh, awkward in conversations and the idea of maybe neuro neurodivergence, just the idea of um, dealing with 
um, interior struggles. Like, and I'm not saying that neurodivergent is, I'm not equating that with a struggle necessarily. I'm just saying that we all artists, especially perhaps have these, uh, obstacles we build up inside of ourselves that keep us from uh, creating our art, um, living a life that doesn't feel fraught all the time, or a lot of the time, um, these these interior generated problems, these voices that try to keep us down. I'm assuming that you, like me and everybody else I end up talking to about this, deal with some form of that. And I wonder when you come up against those, what have you figured out as far as ways to get through that? Um, are you asking for the kinds of things that. Like you don't have to make a laundry list of, of what you deal with necessarily. I, if you want to talk about that's fine. I just wonder about, I wonder more about solutions, like stuff that might be actionable for the listeners, things that they can mm. use. Solve our problems, Jenny. Jeez. I'm not sure yet because what's so interesting to me is like something that I struggle with is this like after math social anxiety like i can even be cool in the moment and like get to like so okay so now the world's back on like mm -hmm. we had this long period of like uh you know lack of social functions because of the pandemic and things started up again and now i'm going to things again we're back out and i did all this personal progress during the time i was like okay i'm really growing here and then it's like back out into it i'm like oh nope didn't make any progress at all um and uh it's like i can hang in the moment and then it's like afterward and the next day i have all of this unpacking to do like what did i say did this and this and i'm like i just want and and so i don't know it's just the thing is to analyze my pattern and be like this is how it works. This is how I feel the next day. I want to send eight apology texts. I don't even drink. It's not even like I'm, you know, uh, I was drinking or something. It's like, I just am like, it's like, you know, once you say one thing, there's like eight other things I'd like to follow it up by to be like, well, it's actually, I feel this way. And this is why I feel this way. There's too much information, Brett. This is an information overload. Do, um, do you lay in bed thinking about things you said like a decade ago? Absolutely. Absolutely. Have you seen that action figure? I have to find this. Someone posted. There's like a an artist that makes like fictional action figures or like conceptual action figures. And there's one where this guy, it's just a guy lying in bed, and it's like, you know, the whole package and everything. And it's like me lying in bed thinking about some shit I said ten years ago. Yes. Like literal, like the, the verbatim, the thing I said verbatim, and it's still echoing and echoing. Yeah. yeah. So do you feel like the music is... As is, a solution, though, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if there well, is one. Do you feel like the music is some, is some way that you use to work through it? Or do you think the music is something you use to distract yourself or give yourself a purpose that uh, isn't the self-annihilation? I think the music just is. It's just what I'm doing. And then the other stuff is like just something i experienced but i will say that this record i did use to work through it like this specific record i was like what is this and i'm specifically naming like moments and things and interactions and hoping that like some of the three or four hundred people that uh i'm thinking about who i've talked to and had awkward interactions with over the years here this record are like oh yeah that's exactly my interaction with her was really really strange she was very strange to me the other thing too is sometimes I'm like not prepared to talk and then I'm like quiet or I don't know what to say. And I won't just like chit chat. 
And so I'm like, I just excuse myself. I just kind of like, uh, fight. it's fight or flight, right? And I just flee. Um, so I think some people probably find me really rude and I just sort of like, I just don't know what to say. I don't know. Right now I'm chatty because I've had coffee and you've invited me to this conversation. So. <laughs> well, we know the parameters and yeah. <laughs> philosophical discussions. Um, so I, I, I love that. And also I love that you're not trying to sort of superimpose some like meaning on the thing you do. The thing you do is just the thing you do, right? Like this yeah. is what you're made to do. I'm just a musician. Yeah. The, the way that I've come to think of it is that it, like the, the music just comes through me, right? It's like, that's kind of, it feels like this, so this um, expression that keeps coming up around people around me. And I'm like, yeah, that's how it feels. It's like, I feel like a, oh, a conduit maybe for something else. And maybe it's because I obsess, I like to think that I obsess over my idols, especially the dead ones, you know, and, um, and like, if I like think about them hard enough, they're like, like it's like all of the the subconscious of human um activity um alive and dead can can work through me through music or something i don't know if that's real that's what i've been enjoying lately um and so i'm just kind of like trying to maintain my best apparatus for for being that conduit for work i didn't or for for music i didn't necessarily write that's just kind of kind of like pop came comes through me for some reason. Um, and, and then, uh, yeah, if I have like a human experience that I feel like is universal to, if not everybody, some, then I feel like that I'm compelled to write it because that feels like the job lyrically. Did I just say I answer a question or say anything? <laughs> 100%. And yeah, you, you always give me more than I even expect. And it's great. I, I wonder, because the way you approach it is, it seems like there's a level of fatalism sounds bad, but there's just a level of acceptance of what is right. This is the, this is the thing you do. And you refer to it as a job repeatedly, which I mean, clearly it is by definition. Um, but also I, I get the sense that, and I wonder if you can confirm this, you still love this thing you do, right? You love it. Love it. Yeah. I love it so much. Yeah. I, I wish I was on salary so I didn't have to, so I could just be like, <laughs> oh, my job. I get paid this much a year. Like, that just sounds incredible. But it's like, I love it and I have to fight for it, which is cool, you know, but man, it's tough out there, you know? I yeah. The hustle. The hustle. Do, does the does is the hustle something that is okay and it is just part of it or is the hustle like a downside? Well, like if you could just live on top of a yes. mountain in a cabin and only write songs and then there's a shoot and you drop the song in a shoot and it disappeared and then maybe people. I mean, I think that's a bit too conceptual, <laughs> like for the 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 opposite of hustle. <laughs> that sounds terrible. <laughs> Because <laughs> I like I like friends and I like you know this, cities and I like uh, you know having a diverse experience, um, but um, I mean diverse in activity and people too. As I meant, yeah. Um, yeah no, I, I I just but the hustle of like where am I, how am I gonna you know have enough 
is, is, is the top part. But that's that's a universal experience as well. Um, Have you been producing? Is that right? Have you been kind of producing lately as well, or just started, helping people make records? Um, I, I co-produced a record with Rachel Goodrich. My yeah. dad made, uh, made her record, and that would probably be the first, um, my first real producing experience. I mean, well, except for my own stuff, uh, but yeah, I just that's, never take that credit because that's great. What I've heard of that, it's so great. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. it's like share the whole record. Yeah, she's awesome. Oh, that's so cool. Um, okay, so let's see. I, I want to make sure that I've covered all these bases with you because I feel like you're such a good source of wisdom about this kind of stuff. I've done a hundred plus of these interviews and I feel like what you give me is uh, what I was hoping for, which is like a different take than most people, which I love that. Um Okay, what I want you to do is try and um, boil it down for me, like the essence of what wisdom you might pass on to a 21-year-old version of Ginny in 2022. Um, what might you? What advice might you give yourself? You know what's so crazy? I have this very specific advice because I have been putting a new band together, and I have some friends putting new bands together, and I keep getting these text messages. You know, do you have any recommendations for a female bass player? Do you have any recommendations for a keyboard player who can sing, you know, women? And it's like, you know, there's a few people I know and there's people out there and we're not necessarily all connected. And I mean, like, you know, who are like really good at their instruments. Right. And I'm just like, this is so wild because there is this need. I'm in Los Angeles and like people who are, you know, the top of their game. And there is like such a need for badass women musicians who can just play their instrument and, and, and sing really good or just play their instrument really good. And that was not conveyed to me as a young woman. And that should be conveyed to young women. Like, get good at your instruments. You're in need, get out here. There's gigs for you. Like, not that I'm trying to get people to move to LA and who knows what they do with their lives. But I just mean like, I don't know. I would just pump up a 21 year old me to just like get your bass playing right. And, and like get some gigs. And I could have been like, instead of struggling and working some stupid office assistant job for this terrible narcissist, <laughs> I could have been playing bass in some cool touring band, you know, that's, that's the thing I, I have to say is kind of just, to, because there's such a, um, growing up as a musician, you get the, well, what's your plan B? What's your plan B? Like, you can't really, you can't, it's like, oh my God, there are jobs. There, there is like, I don't know, people who are like the good bass player are just so in demand and, and, and then they go on tour, they get sucked up into some band and then we need the next cool bass player. Like, I don't know, I'm specifically talking about bass players, but it's also other instruments. It's like, I just think, that there's more of a career than people are told at, the, at that age. Um, it's funny too, I think, I think um, rock and roll was such a boys club for so long, right? And, yeah. and, and the perception of it was that it was a you know, giant locked door to women who want to rock. And, but like I've, my drummer Angela for years in my solo band, who's now weirdly become my sister-in-law by marrying my brother-in-law, my, my wife's brother. Um, Angela, Angela is this incredible drummer and people would come up after the gigs every night and be like, dude, how does a girl play drums so good? <laughs> like, how does a boy? I don't know. They just, by being awesome. Yeah. 
but yeah, it's true. She once people saw Angela, like everybody wants to work with these kick-ass rock and roll women. Yeah. 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 Especially. I mean, for me, it's like I need women to blend with me to sing all my harmony parts. And, you know, like it's like it's not even about like, oh, I would just like a woman. It's like, no, I genuinely need I need women who are like here and, you know, confident and practice at their thing. And um, uh, it's it's like that's that's a sentiment that I keep saying. I'm like, man, if someone had told me as a teenager that like this was a real path I would have been uh maybe stepped up to the task a bit more although I was I've always been bad at practicing so I don't know you you're pretty uh great musician a certain 16 year old woman in my house got a uh, electric guitar for her birthday cool yeah cool I'm trying really hard not to like push her and her friends like come on we can do this I'll I'll help you guys (laughs) whatever you want (laughs) yeah Hold on loosely, Dad. Um, uh, Jenny, this is so great. And I can't wait for the new record. And I'm excited to even just hear what the title is going to be. So excited every time there's something new coming down the chute from you, because it always blows my mind. So thank you for joining me for Wheels Off. And thanks for all this great talk. Take care, friend. Thanks for having me. Bye. All right. Thank you so much for listening to Wheels Off. Please be sure to rate and review the show on iTunes. That helps us appear higher in the search results and lets other folks know that it's a cool podcast to listen to. Also, as the kids say, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere else that you listen to shows like this so that you never miss an episode. This has been Wheels Off, and I'm Rhett Miller, encouraging you to create every day. Thanks, y'all. Hey you, do you have any plans this year? Ha! How's that going? Do you get 2020? Well, welcome to a brand new podcast called 2020, where myself, Benny Goodman, and my good friends, Corey Pazin and Siobhan Cronin from the band Lost Symphony, also got 2020. And since the world ended this year, we decided why not just check in with some of our friends in the music industry and see how everyone's doing. We're going to get a candid look at life on and off the stage, as well as the mindset of some of the most successful people in the entertainment industry. New episodes drop every Sunday and Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. And you can listen at Tuesday. 020-D.com, soundtalentmedia.com, or on your favorite podcast app.